you've watched Freightwaves content for any length of time, then you've probably seen host Anthony Smith speaking at what at times can sound like a foreign language. You see, Anthony is usually one of the smartest guys in the room, and when he starts breaking down complex economic systems, how it ties into freight lanes, and using acronyms that I typically have to Google, I realize that we got to get him on the show to find out what all the shit means. Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Brimley, covering how your favorite things and people get from point A to point B. In this episode, we're talking with Anthony on his former football career, how he started hosting shows on freight waves, and teaching us all about the economics in freight. Let's dive in. As we transition into our first interview of the day, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Anthony Smith. He is the strategic executive producer. He's the market expert. He's the lead economist. I think I said it right that time, and host on Freightways. So welcome in, Anthony, to the show. Life, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. As you know, I'm a huge fan of everything that you do. It just turns to magic, so I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. And I, I told you to say that before the show, so I appreciate you you obliging and, and, and complimenting my ego even more. Now, before we get into your role at Freightwaves, I, I wanted to sort of take it back a little bit to your, your former experience as a football player for New Mexico State before you got into the world of you know e- economics and, and, and hosting shows and all of that good stuff. Take us back to the college days of when you were a, a, a football athlete. Did, did you have to make that choice between choosing football or economy and policy? <laughs> Which one were you sort of leaning more towards? Yeah, for sure. So like when, when you got there, the thing I loved about New Mexico State was they had a great staff. So like James Hall and all the athletic directors there, huge shout out to them. Of course, they say student athlete, and they always said things like you're a student first, then an athlete second, so make sure you get the grades. They're really big on, you know, making sure you keep your academics up. But the thing was, is like, I knew I loved economics before I got to New Mexico State. I loved it. I love everything about it. I love that it was like a puzzle piece, but it was difficult for sure because it's one of those subjects where it's not the easiest course load, and football in college isn't the most forgiving schedule. So it was definitely like a balancing act during my undergrad where it was just like, all right, how can I schedule this out? Because now I have to actually study. I studied a little bit in high school, but now I had to like actually apply myself a little bit more. But now football is taking up so much time. So it was definitely like, all right, I have to be very, very decisive on how I would use my time and really make sure that like I would be intentional on, all right, what am I doing right now? What am I setting time aside for? How is this going to go? Is this going to pay off you know, in the long run? Am I going to hate myself at 6 a.m. in the morning when I either have to cram for an exam or go to an early morning workout? So it was a lot of give and take. And so as you talk about that balance, what does... I mean, ultimately, you you said goodbye to football or are you still kind of playing football just maybe on the side or or what what is the status oh. of your football career right now? So I, I, I definitely don't play football anymore. I think I might pull some. I would definitely train myself <laughs> in the door. Every once in a while, I can get talked into playing a rugby match or two. Um if the weather's warm enough and I am in a good enough cardio shape, I might get out on the, on the pitch for a little bit. Um, but I definitely, I played, I was active for five years at New Mexico State Scholarship Athletes. So I was incredibly thankful for that because it paid for my school. It was a full ride scholarship. I got to travel to 
really cool stadiums, you know, even though we didn't do the best against Georgia or Auburn or some of the other SEC schools or Big Ten. It, that's besides the point. It was a great opportunity and I got to have my school paid for. But now I can kind of reap the benefits of being able to say, like, hey, I completed it, got my school paid for. It was rough for a little bit. Social life may have suffered, but came out on the other end, I think, um, as a winner. Hell yeah. Despite I think a lot of folks, if they could have, with, with having, you know, no coming out of college with no, uh, with no debt, with no school debt, I'm sure is a, is something that a lot of, a lot of people would want, uh, right now, but you were able to, to earn your degree and, and you're now an economist, which am I saying that right? Am I, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but what is, what does an economist do? <laughs> yes, I think, so I know econ and econ economics and economics, it's like a slight variation, but I usually hear economic. <laughs> economist. <laughs> I'm, okay, to I'm not the only there. one messing it up. <laughs> economist. It's economist. But um, it, it's really been a, an amazing role because the thing I love about economics is that you can really apply it to almost any field. I think one of the best advice or yeah, I would say it was a really good point of advice was that data is data and strategy is strategy. You can go and take it anywhere you go because, you know, Going into the supply chain was a huge shift for me that I didn't really quite see coming. And actually, when I applied for Freight Waves, I thought I was going to be in Chicago doing a writing role, um, potentially. But uh, really being able to use and leverage economics is such a broad field. And it's, it's really impressive when I hear about economists that specialize their skills in a certain sector because it's such a broad thing. Because you hear economists, you start thinking, all right, maybe... This person is a, you know, all right, they're going to know all about the stock market or they're going to be, you know, a a finance guy or they're going to be good at accounting or they're good at policy. And it's like there's so many different sectors to economics that my hat goes off to all my fellow economists that, you know, specialize in public policy or specialize in the labor market or specialize in print logistics or forestry products. It's just so many areas that you can go and specialize into in economics that, when you first get out of college, it can be a little bit daunting because it's almost like you're not a general business degree where, you know, the world is your oyster and you don't quite know where to go and, you know, you have something behind you, but it's just like, all right, I graduated. What do I do? Did I specialize in something? How do I make this work? So it was definitely the early stages can be a little bit confusing if you don't already know what path you're going to go into. Now, when you, you mentioned earlier that it's like putting a puzzle piece together, but where do you typically start? So, so what does like a typical day look like for you? Are you going and looking for these different puzzle pieces? Or are they kind of finding you? How does that report gathering or that data gathering work for you and your role? And so I think the thing that I love about economics and strategy in general is just like you can find the variables that really pull the strengths to about... 60 to 70% of the entire equation that you might be looking at. And so on my day-to-day, I already kind of have my go-to indexes, of course, within Sonar, Love Sonar, my flatbed outbound tender rejection index, as anyone will tell you, is the, my favorite index in Sonar. But I have my go-to list. I, I, I start off with the week, all right, these are going to be the upcoming economic releases for the week, industrial production, retail sales, ISM, PMI, things like that, all these other nerdy economics or, or analyst type uh, data releases that come out on usually a weekly or sometimes monthly basis. I'll check those 8.30 a.m. I might be refreshing my computer to see what the latest numbers are. 
And then it's diving into some of those subcomponents because you might get a big release like, all right, headline number says, you know, retail sales rose by X amount. And then you got to dive deep in, into the report and say, all right, retail sales rose, but what happened within it? Did e-commerce, you know, surge or, you know, the e-commerce take a tank? And for some reason, department stores were supporting the growth or housing starts came up, but was the growth in the Midwest or the East? Was it in single unit? Was it in multifamily? So it's a puzzle piece, but the pieces are always changing. So the thing I love about economics is that it keeps you on your toes. You're always kind of solving for something that's always kind of moving and shifting. And that's the that's the fun part. That's the challenge. It's like, all right, this doesn't, it's not the same problem. It's not the same equation, but it kind of rhymes. And so how is this instance different than the previous one? But how can we use historical trends to really kind of forecast what's going to happen in the future? And that, that brings up my next question, because you had mentioned Sonar. And Sonar is, you know, for something, it's a tool, it's a data tool that I'm familiar with, but I am no expert whatsoever on, on pulling different data and how brokers and shippers and carriers are are using these types of reports. Do, do you have a sort of a general overview of how each of those demographics could use reports from Sonar? Oh, for sure. So, uh, of course, I, I'm i a little bit... I'm going to be a slightly biased into some of the indexes that I use for my own, you know, kind of day-to-day analysis. But, of course, it, if you kind of, you know, chat, of course, uh, I'm sure some of our customer success folks are going to be furious with me on not kind of talking to some of the use cases, but you can get lane-by-lane analysis if you are looking at really kind of honing in on, all right, where's some lane activity that can really start taking advantage of. You can kind of get into some of the maritime data, really starting to see on things of like, all right, what's the inbound containers looking like? What kind of shipments are coming into the U.S.? How can we kind of kind of get ahead of um, some of the trends that we're seeing? Are, is activity kind of coming down on imports? Once it does get into the country, what lanes are really being utilized? Um, after you kind of see what's going on with the utilization of different lanes, sometimes you want to take a macro step back. You want to see what's going on in the warehouses, what's going on with inventory rates. And so with Sonar, you can really kind of break all that down. You can even do lane um, uh, analysis to see what rates are going for in different lanes. It has a rating tool now. So like really, there's a use case for just about every single person in the supply chain um, in Sonar. And I can go on and on, of course, about it. But I'm sure some of our customer success and Sonar sales execs are going to be much better at it. But uh, I kind of stay a lot of times, I, I have to venture out of my little econ corner um, uh, indexes and things like that, but yeah, there's just such a ton that it can do. And I think the best is yet to come for the platform. And so speaking from the, the platform perspective and then your role, you're using both of those different experiences in order to create almost daily content for freight waves. Can you, can you give us a little bit of, of a breakdown on, on, did you ever see yourself sort of evolving into a, you know, essentially a TV host that's giving like market breakdowns? Was that ever in the plans for you or just did you just kind of like fall into the opportunity? I think like the rest of us. <laughs> I, I definitely fell into it um, for sure. I think so, of course, growing up, it's just like, I'm going to play in the NFL and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Then I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to be a great economist. And, and you just kind of make your way throughout the industry. And you, I came across uh, Freight Waves and Craig was really, you know, excited about, and a huge shout out to his son who really kind of got Freight Waves now uh, kicked off, especially with the GoPro. 
Um, but it, it was really kind of like a thing I would do on the side because I, you know, I had a little bit of downtime in between calls or projects, stuff like that. And yeah, I can go do a GoPro video. I can go do, you know, this shoot real quick. And then it kind of started to grow and grow and grow and become a little bit more um, important to our brand and what we're doing and expanding. And then it became much more valuable. And so it really kind of, um, you know, it chose me in a sense, but uh, I'm, I'm excited and I'm happy for the opportunity. Um, and it's just like a whole nother skill set that's like, all right, I am, when you watch yourself or listen to yourself, like, wow, that was horrible. Or, wow, that was a really bad transition. Or, how did I toss that? Or, my energy has to be through the roof just so it translates onto camera that I am really excited to be here and actually talking about this data. So, there's just a, a I'm learning a lot and growing a lot. And it's just been a fun, fun uh, past thus far. It's almost like you're reviewing tape of yourself, but a, a different kind of game tape now. It's, it's a whole different world where, where you have to watch yourself and the words that you say and you know, trying not to use your hands as much because I, I'm guilty of that or saying the words like, um, and uh, and you know, being comfortable in those pauses. So it's, it, it, I imagine it's probably a whole different world as far as like, well, maybe it's, it's a lot of similarities as far as like reviewing game tape of yourself in order to find those little ways in order to, to get better. Now, Anthony, you've been with Freightway for a while now. Do you have a favorite story that you've covered? It has been a while. I think it's, it's coming up on three years in March. Um, so I think thus far, my favorite stories, I know one for sure has to be um, when there was just a lot of weather events happening in the U.S. And um, Craig and the team did something really cool, just you know, opening up sonar completely free, um, you know, try it out throughout these, you know, hard and trying times. And so it was really, really cool to see, you know, the supply chain community come together um, throughout that time and really see the impacts throughout the supply chain. All right, how is this going to impact carriers? How is it going to impact shippers? How is it going to impact, you know, you know, air cargo or whatever might be going on in a certain region or certain area during a, a hurricane time? And so when there are big shifts and the, the U.S. or in the, in the world. And you get to really see all the waves throughout, work waves in there, all the waves um, and, and all the aftershock effects throughout the supply chain. So you hear about all these examples, but when you see it playing out in real time, sometimes it's a little bit scary because, you know, there are people whose livelihoods are at stake, but it's also really humbling to see, all right, these are all the impacts. These are actually some of the use cases. This is how it can actually help somebody. So I think any time that there's a huge shakeup in the industry, I really kind of gravitate to those situations. Do you have a story or, or topics that you want to see covered more within the industry? I do. I do for sure. So I'm always for... This is tricky because not a lot of them want to talk, but I would love to hear sometimes a little bit more from truckers um, because they're on the ground floor they a lot of times are so much of an afterthought, but they run the supply chain essentially. They, it doesn't it doesn't work without some of the drivers or all the drivers, I should say. And so, hearing more content for them or from them would be huge. Um, I know we're doing more now. I know we have some new contributors who are really kind of giving us a bird's eye view of you know some of the trucker uh, you know daily day day to day lives activity. I think as we continue to grow as an industry, we're doing so many things that's amazing with technology. You know, 
we're looking at autonomous vehicles, we're looking at EVs, we're looking at um, different applications. Freight tech is huge. But at the same time, I, don't, I would hate for some of the, you know, bare bones and the essentials of it to kind of get forgotten when you think about the driver, when you think about some things that they're going through, when you think about things like truck parking, things like that. So I think when you look at those aspects, it's really, I think, uh, a whole level that we, I would hate to forget about as this industry continues to grow and expand with so much technology. Well said. I, I, I co-sign that because I feel like the the eyes on the road are are the ones that it's almost like you're we're eyewitnesses to what they're they're experiencing day in and day out. And and so I I definitely echo that statement. Now, with all of your roles within Freightways, you're obviously, and I'm saying this sarcastically, you're obviously in in terrible shape. But how are you balancing the fitness aspect of things, your fitness journey? Um, I, I imagine maybe balancing the, the, the football and, and your degree has helped you balance your many roles within freight waves and then also fitness. Is that a fair statement? Definitely. So it's, it's been for sure, like you said, you said journey. And I think that's the best way to put it because um, throughout football, you kind of had to make those decisions. All right. I need to perform at this workout because at this point in time in college, it's it's a career, it's your job, it's your it's your nine to five, and then you know you have to also perform in the classroom. So um, being able to kind of have that already kind of structured in was you know I think uh, a huge blessing because it was like all right now I can kind of take this and implement it in my day to day life. Now I don't have a strength conditioning coach yelling at me or repercussions if I don't show up to the gym. So it is a little bit easier for me to kind of, you know, all right, I took it easy this week or then a week turns into a month and then a month maybe like, wow, this was a rough quarter. And then, wow, this was a little bit of an off year. But I think the the basis is there. And I think that's how it is with everything. Once you have that base and that foundation there, it's easier. That muscle uh, memory kind of comes back and into into play you're able to kind of just jump back into it. But it's definitely one of those things where you have to be intentional. Like, all right, have this time, be intentional. What am I going to do here? What am I going to decide to do? Everyone's busy, but what are you going to do with that time? How are you going to allocate it? Very well said, because that's one aspect that it, it's it's what, what, what do they say? It's what you do in the dark that shows in the light. And I think that that could be probably applied to not just your your fitness journey, but also uh, economic reports and also with your hosting duties on, on Freightways, on the various different programming of, of everything that you're doing. So you're doing all of this research and all of this work in the dark, but it's coming to light in obviously a, a very positive way. Now, with the rest of, of 2022, we've got some more FreightWaves events, both virtual and in person. What are you looking forward to covering in the coming months? Arkansas. I am looking forward to our in-person events so much um, just because it's throughout my time here at FreightWaves and being able to be a part of a lot of those great in-person events is just next level. And I think it's really done something to elevate the event expectations within the space. And so I, I'm excited to kind of get back. I'm a little bit scared to get back into it as well because I know it's going to be a lot of hard work with registrations and you know making sure it all comes together. But it's also that aspect that I love about it of just like, all right, this team just pulled it together. We just all did this. Um, but I'm looking forward to just getting back into those in-person events and really being able to connect with people and really um, you know say hi to people that I've known for years virtually now 
that I've actually never met in person. Um, but on the virtual side, I'm excited about keeping that growth as an experience because looking at how our first virtual experience was, which I think was extraordinary to where we've come now, it's almost night and day, and I love the continued progression. Nick Torres and the team is doing a great job with that, and it's a huge shout-out to them because it's just been uh, an amazing, amazing um, journey, even though it's been throughout the quarantine times. Yeah, because I, I can remember that very first event, and I, I would actually credit Freight Waves with being the the first company to bring all of the logistics community together on LinkedIn. You know, for for better or worse, if you hate LinkedIn or you love LinkedIn, but that moving that first in-person conference to virtual was where I met a lot of my quote-unquote internet friends. And it was the opportunity to meet them for the first time last month. And then also coming up in, in Arkansas. For folks who aren't aware of that uh, of that event, can you give us a, a sort of a rough breakdown of what folks can expect? Definitely. So it's, it's more than um, you know a, a conference. Um, if you're not familiar with some of the FreightWaves events, it's almost like um, CES and freight and a little bit of ESPN and music. And so it's just going to be in a lot of LEDs, I'm sure. Um, but it's essentially, it's like a, a freight festival. Festival. Um, we were going to have the future freight festival, uh, in 2021, but, you know, really being able to push it out, um, into 2022 and have this in-person event in Arkansas, it's really going to be a great opportunity to really kind of all right, we have to continue to push and elevate ourselves and continue to, you know, the thing that, that Great Waves is really, I, that I credit Craig for, for really kind of keeping um, his, his finger on and the foot on the gas is that transparency to the industry. And if you've been around for a while, you know that that was the name of a lot, a lot of our in-person events was transparency um, following the year. And so really being able to bring more and more transparency, more and really promoting and celebrating um, these uh, innovations in freight tech is just really what it's all about. And I think um, that's what a lot of people are going to really be able to take away um, in, in Arkansas. Love it. I think that that's, I can speak for a lot of people when I say that that's a conference that a lot of us are have bookmarked already on the calendar and have cleared the schedule in order to, to show up to that one. Because it is a long time coming. It's been more than two years since we've all seen each other in person. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I know you are as well. All right. Where can folks follow more of your work, your shows, all that good stuff? Definitely. So of course, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me there. At Freightonomics that I get to host with the amazing Zach Shriven, the Sultan of Sonar himself. I am remaking a Twitter because I accidentally paused it. Then I realized if you pause it for too long, they just erase your account. So uh, I think my, my handle is going to be Macro Freight. So go ahead and please give me a follow over there and help rebuild me. Um, but at asmith at freightways.com as well, if you want to reach out and email me, I'm always ready to talk econ or transportation or anything really strategy or you know, econ related. So feel free to reach out there. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for your perspective, Anthony. It was really cool learning about the backstory of, of how you got to your freight waves journey and all of the different responsibilities that you're now in charge of. And you're you're helping, you're, you're the smart one that's helping the rest of us figure everything else out. So we, we thank you for your time and your effort. Blythe, you're too kind. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored. I get to be on Cyberly. I'm excited. I'm going to tell my mom that's about this. That's no brainer. You know? <laughs> I, I, I get to wear the crown now that I was I was you're you're the first interview on the other side. So yes, everybody else no on the other freight wave shows, now now they gotta now they gotta get you on too. Exactly. The bar has been raised. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Appreciate your time, Anthony. Ah, 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts, along with my products and services, in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremley, and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.